Hey stars, welcome to today's Star Parent Podcast. It's your girl, your friend, Mo Nicole, and I'm bringing on some friends for a special edition of Star Q&A as we are in our Portals of Partnership series. So we appreciate you coming with us so we can get to identity, purpose, and partnership. And because you're coming, we're going to get there quick. Let's get into today's episode. Everybody, welcome to the Star Parent Podcast. This is one of our special visual podcast editions. Um, usually, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, and of course, our new medium, which is also with some visuals on YouTube. So, we're going to do all our traditional hellos. Hola. You know, what it do, boo, all the hellos to you. So as we get ready to enter today's conversation, I'm going to kind of just straight shoot it. Um, I am your girl, your host, Mona Cole, and I am bringing in some of my favorite stars for our new, basically we're doing like this, 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 this prep demo of how we can be of on-demand service in real ways for real single parents and people. And we want to do that with a Q&A session. So today we're going to break down what it really means to be a star in the form of the questions that many of us have. Me, um, Kayla, Shelly, um, and several people in our community. So we're going to jump right in and welcome some of my favorite stars. Kayla, one of our board members, Shelly, a community leader. How y'all doing? Good. Hey, y'all. Hey. Doing good. Hello. Oh, wow. Listen, I'm going to get me one of them cards one way or the other because I'm I'm speaking Spanish a lot. So um, <laughs> I am going to kind of say we've been talking about moving into a question model um, because so many of us, even in our personal relationship with one one another, have questions just about it's already hard enough to adult. Like, can we just say that it's, it's hard enough to be an adult? Yes. Adulting um, is... <laughs> And us poor little millennial children, we just thought we was going to be raised to just run the world. And we didn't know the world was like trying to run us. So um, on top of adulting in this era, single parenting is like a real, um, I think it's historically been hard because many of us have great grandmas and grandmas who were single parents. It's not new, but just the way that life is. Kayla was recently on another podcast and we were dissecting this. Just the way that community is now, support. It's just harder to really be out here solo dolo with some children. So we're going to break that down today. Um, Mm -hmm. Any thoughts, y'all, on how questions are coming up for star parents? Any questions? 
any thoughts no just anything you think is a, a major conversation that you might even be having with other people you know and then we'll jump into our questions today um you know just how to be great in this single parent yeah. journey how to i would say just not keep part of the no, go ahead. Yeah, I would just say keeping the faith. Um, the couple single parents that I have, it's like when things happen, they kind of just get that mom guilt or that parent guilt about they're not doing enough or they're not doing it right. So mm -hmm. that's keeping your hopes up. Yeah, that's real. Definitely that that guilt, that parent. But do you know, I don't know. Now, this is a bit of a, you know, I could be a little controversial, but this is a bit of a thing. Like, do you think that every parent has parent guilt? Because sometimes I'll be out here caring and I'll be like, folks don't care like I care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've realized, so I said this last year, I realized they tell you, you got to care, right? And they tell you, you got to be this great parent. You just got to just go above and beyond to, you know, do the bare minimum, whatever. But then you got parents, like you said, that don't really got this mom dip guilt. They don't care. They care doing whatever, looking however. And they live in their best life. What's your best life? They live in their best life. So, and as a teacher, I see it every day. So it's just like motherhood is literally that's the, the real that's the real that's the real hood to me that's the real, that's real hood it is that's, hood. Real hood. that's the real hood you ain't real you ain't a real gangster if you ain't been to the motherhood you ain't been to the motherhood right you ain't a real gangster unless you've been to the motherhood y'all claiming sex y'all y'all don't know about my sex <laughs> baby out here with four colors okay yeah, but that I think that's a thing, Kayla, because honestly, like, so, you know, I always try to be really um, using my own journey as the journey that we're single parents and through one of us, our journey, but me just kind of initiating these conversations, I realized, like, there were definitely times because my kids have such a large age range where in the younger seasons of my life I will say I was never I was never careless like I just wasn't built to be careless even when I was 19 and 20 like I cared where my child was but there were seasons when I was just numb because life was so painful and I wasn't intentional like I am and y'all know me personally like I still care about a lot of what my 17 year old does. Like most people are like, oh, let's just, you know, she about grown. I'm like, no. And she, and she, you, you know, she's with me most of the time. So I think I had told Kayla that recently, like, girl, you know, my oldest be with me as much as almost my youngest. And so I feel like I can never knock the people who gonna drop their baby off to the trap house, the crack house, the, the house around the corner whatever that you know it's a mm -hmm. lot going on because I know what it's like to be numb and sometimes you just, you just really on autopilot 
or you 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 really don't feel like you want to live yourself so it's really hard to care like you should about the other life you're responsible for so i will say like that just going back to your part about the parent guilt i think even those parents feel guilty but they're numb right okay I get that. I feel like it's another side to that too. Like um, people who have no choice but to send their kids to those places. You know, like if you have to work or you have to go somewhere, you have to do something. And the only option you have is to send them somewhere where it wouldn't be, you know, it's not your first, second, third, last choice, but it's the only choice. And so that's the hard thing too, you know, deciding it's like those choices of like doing what you have to do to provide or do stuff for your kids. And then mm-hmm. sometimes the environment you have to expose them to to get there, you know, those kind of sacrifices. Right. And I'm with Michelle. Cause I feel like being also an educator for a long time, especially in the inner inner city, you know, I learned to have compassion, even when other right. people were like, you know, they're like, uh, you know, terrible parent. And did you see them cussing this person out or doing this or that? And I just really was always like, man, I don't know what they're going through. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what their life been like. Even the ones mm-hmm. on, you know, drugs and substances, I never could just beat up another adult and that's why people kind of struggle with stars sometimes because they're like you really trying to help parents like not kids i'm like we're helping kids by helping parents by helping the parents right (laughs) if you keep trying to just fix basically the fruit issue the children are the fruit of their parents but the root issue is what is actually cultivating that fruit and i just feel like that's the thing, man. People, most parents I know, if your child has made it to this world, most of them, I don't know every parent, right? There is always an exception. But most of the people I know, they genuinely love their children. And they they actually feel bad. But they just are in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And because I've been in survival mode, I, I try my best not to judge. There are moments where I think I hold people more accountable who think they know what they're doing than the ones who don't act like they know what they're doing. Like, at least if you just be like, I'm messed up, I'm effed up, I'll be like, oh, at least you, at least you know. <laughs> so with that being said, I think that kind of propels us into the first question because, um, a lot of times when we're trying to go between those spaces of really being an effective parent and being there for ourselves still as individuals, that's a real like. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first question we're going to do in our Q&A, um, that's a common question in our community. And we also want you to um, send us questions at info at starparentsinc.org in the link, or we will have a link um, in the podcast that you can send a voice memo because we want to hear from you about what questions you all 
actually face as single parents because many times mothers and fathers we are not discriminatory this is if you are single dad or single mom um so send us so you can send us those questions for our future q a's but today's first question is how do you follow your dreams and parent so we're gonna kind of just break that down in our own realm what do you guys think how do you follow your dreams and parent and single parents specifically mm, creating boundaries creating boundaries i think you have to be intentional about it you know like mm -hmm. you have to actually you know i agree you know, want to follow your dreams in a way. I think so all the, like you said, being intentional. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Definitely. Um, I so guess realistic about it too. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. What were you saying? Oh, kind of be realistic about it as well. So be intentional mm -hmm. and then kind of realistic as to what your dream would be and how it can still work in your life like kind of modify it in a way okay so what does that mean to be realistic because you know i feel like i'm not very realistic in this season <laughs> I don't feel very realistic. Okay. Um, i feel like being realistic is like it's kind of like looking at your circumstances right. looking, to, looking at your environment looking at where you are and just saying okay you know god i trust you this is where i want to be but right now this is where i'm at and setting those boundaries and those intentions to reflect not only where you want to be but where you at as well and then making sure that it's like balance like it can't you still have to be a parent so it's like you're, right. you're still following your dreams and being a parent so it can't just officially push your child out your life and then you kind of like have to weigh the sacrifices you're willing to make you know right yeah I definitely agree with that because I know in this season um just even full-time entrepreneurship for me was a dream, but I didn't go about it practically because I just, it was one of those moments where it was like, I, I felt like this is just me. I was led to move on from the life I was leading without this safety net. I didn't have right. 33 plans and you know, a W-2 and a 1099, I moved to just being a 1099. And that was a huge leap of faith. And um, I'm encouraged often by uh, other people who are successful because most of them have taken that similar route, but they have these very um, challenging backstories, which I will have as well. Um, 
from the, the just some of the things that I've had to go through, but it's like they had to give up a lot. So, you know, like I won't drop names on this platform, but you, we know all the big people, all the big comedians, all the big movie makers and entertainers. A lot of them were poor, homeless, sleeping in their car. You know what I'm saying? So I feel mm-hmm. like people bypass what it takes to really follow a dream and do it with some children is to me almost unheard of now if anybody's heard of someone who has done those things and been successful on the other side like i'm talking about with some children please please email me i need some encouragement but most of the people yeah go ahead oh i was gonna say i was gonna say i think it's possible i think being Mm -hmm. practical and being realistic are kind of different in a way Mm-hmm. yeah I do um, think it's possible too. yeah because being realistic it still means that you're taking risks but you're taking smaller risks instead of just mm-hmm. like a big one like one big risk so it's like you're still working towards what you want to do and your purpose but you're still remembering that you have responsibilities <coughs> you do so yeah yeah so I definitely agree with that and I think because I didn't take a traditional smaller risk I will say I took a a smaller risk initially it's like you you take all the money you've been saving and put it on your bills all that but I just I don't know because everybody's dream is different and mm-hmm. I also want to be respectful of that like some people will never be called to walk away from a job in order to follow their dream. Some people will never be called to give up everything to follow their dreams. But I do feel like this is for me. I do feel like there are single parents who may watch or listen to this and they do feel that pull because the way God is set up for me is he's no respecter of persons. He's not like, oh, you got some kids. I'll just call you later. You know, like Mm -hmm. when he calls people, he calls them. And so like the people I'm talking about who are billionaires, some of them right now when they were sleeping in their cars or they were you know going through things or were homeless some of them left their children this is a true story to go pursue their dreams with the other parent and then some of them didn't have any children and so I think that's a good opportunity for us to look at that because I will say now if they're a man typically there are some some times where it's like men can become successful I'll say statistically more so because they might have children and they can leave their children with the mom or they do and they go off and do what they need to do but as mothers now this is very specific to single moms because I feel like we're the majority custodial parent so it's like I still have to care about my kids you know going to school going to appointments being like you said Caleb being an effective parent so I never stopped doing that it was like they had to go on this journey with me that inconvenienced them but it never was ineffective parenting it was like I became a better parent probably I cared more but it was very inconvenient when you want to just have your little bubble and your stability okay I think that's like with the whole 
weighing the sacrifices thing. So it's like, in order to get you where you have to be and be a parent and just feel fulfilled as a person, you kind of just had to sacrifice some things now. So like your space, your own place, Mm -hmm. you know, having a stable income, things like that. Peace of mind. all big sacrifices but (laughs) yes and I'm talking about me so yeah I get that it's it's a lot but I don't know I guess you just have to look for it and just know that you know whatever you lose you'll get back eventually but um it's just about having it like you know that what you were doing before wasn't getting you anywhere. Like it may have been the status quo. It may have been like stable doing something financially or physically or something, but in the long run, you kind of, I think following your dreams and purpose is like setting you up or setting your kids up to be better, you know? And so they see you fighting for things. They see you doing better. They see you not just accepting whatever it is just to get by like you're actually making a way for yourself so it's like a good example type of thing so happy parent happy kids happy life something right. like that they're definitely that yeah and I feel like I want to also encourage people because I know there's like a trend of entrepreneurship right now like it's heavy in the community um mm-hmm. And because I guess, like, I just recently saw, like, I've been an entrepreneur on paper since, like, 06. So it's, like, 16 years of different business ventures I've done. So it's, like, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I want to say, like, that's why I think clarity on what your dream is is super important. Because a lot of people are following dreams that might not be theirs. And then you take all these risks and realize this isn't even for me. And so I do want to say, like, as one solution, maybe, is that for years before I took the leap to really follow what I really felt strongly led to do four years ago, I was consistently, um, what would you call it, like, sampling that life. So I was consistently having, like, side hustle businesses, but I wasn't fully invested. So I really would say, um, because we are single parents, we have to be so much more diligent than everybody else. I think that's a real thing. So it's like, we can't afford to trend, you know, like everybody else might be able to be like, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do like everybody else is doing. And I'm just gonna go out here and be an entrepreneur this year. And I'm gonna, you know, take the next six months and try this. We can't afford to do that. Like we have to be able to. So when you go back to the realistic part, I definitely agree with you. Like I had been actually in my business for two years before I even really took it seriously. And I was talking about and writing down things and working on my book and different things for like years before I actually launched out and did it full time so I will say like there is a measure of logistics 
So if you're a single parent, that's one solution. Like, I, some people say count up the cost because they're talking financially. I actually did not financially probably handle it as well. But I will say um, administratively, I had my EIN. I had a business framework for years mm -hmm. before I did it. So just know that's what you want to do. Because I think you can't play with your dreams like other people. That's one solution. Right. I just think. You can't just be out here all willy-nilly like this month, you know, this year I think I'm going to be a hairdresser. Next year I'm going to be a dancer. Like you got you to gotta be knowing. I get that. I agree with that. I think part of making sure you're doing the right thing is to know what's leading. So I, I feel like a lot of people yeah. go into being an entrepreneur is because they think it's a quick way to make money or because mm -hmm. they tired of working for somebody mm -hmm. and they just you know, they kind of nobody just, really talks about the stress and the work. Yeah, that really and they it. think it's easy. And it's mm -hmm. like you see a lot of things now where people are like, I didn't want to work a nine to five, but now I work 24 hours a day type stuff. So like that's kind mm -hmm. of the real stuff that they don't understand when they're doing it. So, yeah, but I think that's. I don't know. But some people dream might just be money, so. <laughs> Just wake up rich. I know that's right. <laughs> yeah, and then I think also there's more than one type of dream. We always just kind of have been taught that dreams equate finances. like careers and finances. Right. Mm -hmm. Some people want to follow their like, okay, like I, I personally say this, like I've had hashtag body goals but I didn't realize they were really hashtag health goals. Like I've had that for a long time. Like just things I wanted to do for my health, but I thought I was maybe trying to just reach a certain appearance. But that's a dream for some people because mm -hmm. they really are trying to get mm -hmm. their, their body together. And they're like, how do I get a trainer? Or how do I even make good decisions? And I'm overwhelmed and this, parenting role and I don't feel like I can even focus on me physically or maybe a dream for some people definitely for a lot of people is relationally how do I follow my dream of you know having a two-parent situation and I don't feel like I can date so I feel like a dream is big man you know yeah. even spiritually like how do I follow mm -hmm. my dream to really pursue my spiritual walk and I'm like I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of tired. <laughs> yeah. I think that goes back to just being intentional. Like yeah. you just got to mm -hmm. do it, whether it's a little bit. So if you worried about, you know, getting healthy, working out, you kind of just do what you can until you can set a schedule until it gets like a routine relationship stuff. I don't know about that. Probably like figure out why <laughs> so like do like some root work or something but it's like you just got to put some type of action to it you know to just start like you just got to take that first step and right. just kind of just keep on at it and just like if it's a dream if it's something you want to do then you just do it you know and you don't let anything too much of anything get in the way of that and you just make time for what you want yeah. What 
You got anything on those additional dreams, show? Um, no, it's just um that's where I'm at right now. So in life, so it's, I think for me is being intentional. Um, just getting through the break, just getting through that mental breakthrough. Um, I have a lot more time on my hands now, and it seems to be like I pray for more time to do more stuff. And now that I've got this more time, I don't know what to do or how to utilize the time. So now my prayer changed from, Lord, how do I utilize this time? You know, can you show me how to? you know, make make this time work and stuff because now it's like I literally just be sitting there aimlessly, you know, and being distracted and stuff when I can be using that time to be working on my dreams, to be great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So this was great, y'all. So I would say that we said, um, Kayla started us off with the first way you follow your dreams for people who want some real solutions or strategies because we never saying we got all the answers we just telling y'all what some things are we've done is set boundaries I think that's really mm -hmm. important um, I am not oh my gosh I'm so I'm no I'm start speaking this into existence I am in the process of boundaries <laughs> so <laughs> Like, even with just with my kids, man, that's real. Just putting them on a schedule, like, or saying you cannot have mm -hmm. this time. Like, mm -hmm. this is my time. <laughs> yeah. Boundaries with everything. Boundaries with people, TV, yeah. answering phone calls, social media, going out. And not feel bad about it. But that, that, I think that's the key, too, and not feeling bad about it. And then the yes. boundaries. So don't need the boundaries. Set the boundaries. And then oftentimes you feel bad for setting the boundaries. Like, damn, I'm a bad mother. I done, I done took this 30 minutes. How dare I take this 30 minutes out of his time, you know, to go and work on myself or to do whatever it is that I needed to do. And it's like, no, it's okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, because and I thought and I thought and I'm teaching, and I think too as parents we need to teach our kids that, you mm -hmm. know, um, because she'll say things like I don't want to be alone, and I'm like it's okay to be alone. I'm gonna go sit here and have my time for however minutes I need to have my time, and you will be okay. And then he'll, then he changed yeah. it one day. He was like, well, I don't want you to be alone, and I'm like, I'm okay being alone, and you have to learn to be alone. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So teaching them that too. Yeah, teaching their boundaries. Yeah, yeah we be having real life. It'll help them not be such a mm -hmm. people pleaser. How to know how to set yeah. boundaries for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's like whatever you're doing, you're kind of teaching your kids how to react. It's just, but still having that open dialogue. Mm -hmm. So they don't just feel so neglected. So like when I'm studying, I'm like, see, I'm studying. <laughs> Yeah. So she'll know that I'm just telling her to go away for nothing. Right. right. I'm not right. I'm not telling you. And I'll say to him, I need this moment so I can be a better mom. I'm I'm just not in the right yeah. state of mind right now. Well, what's yeah. wrong with your mind? I don't know. <laughs> but I need this moment to take to take 
figure it out. And it's like, oh, okay. And when the moment's over, it's like, is your mind okay? Yes, <laughs> thank you. You know, and then and then you like you know, like you said, Kelly, you reiterated to them, thank you for letting me have this moment. You know, I'm glad you got to enjoy, enjoy your moment. You know, and just reiterating those things to them so they know that they it's okay for them to have their moments too. Yeah. No, that's so good. And I think because even um, my family tells me, like, you really have trained your children to leave you alone in work mode. So, like, they'll say, like, I can't ask my mom, mm-hmm. she's working. But they won't give me that same level of respect when it comes to, like, what. so it's like her door is closed, she in tunnel vision. They recognize what that looks like. So they respect it because I've set a firm boundary around I'm on a Zoom call or I'm, you know, having this serious consultation. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they understand there's a boundary. And I'm like, wow, that level of discipline is possible in every area of our life. I just think it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So when I try to create that same boundary around, you're going to go to bed at 30 everybody you're going to be asleep I don't enforce that boundary because I like exhausted so that's where another dream for me whether it even be like peace like you know what I'm saying just a level of not just personal peace but like just mm. peace and quiet I'm not getting that um because I haven't been as intentional with like those personal boundaries but I'm very intentional with professional boundaries because that's I think that needs to be a future Q&A too just how that heaviness of being a provider creates certain character Mm -hmm. in single parents like we are able to go hard on our kids when it comes to like provider mode but not so much in other areas right okay so yes, we have set boundaries. Um, number two was get clarity. Um, I said, you know, for me, I realized that dreams can be interpreted in a lot of ways, especially in this like trending era of entrepreneurship and like following your dream or purpose. Um, so I just think mm-hmm. people need to take a moment to like have a trial period with that dream like make sure it's a recurring dream Mm -hmm. because some things are just a temporary passion you know like sometimes I think I'm a rapper right I do I drop bars but I'm not a rapper like I'm not going to just you know look for a deal maybe but I mean you just gotta be able to be able to say like this is you know like my daughter said recently she was like everybody's trying to be the same difference and I was like that's powerful because it's like if everybody Mm -hmm. thinks they're supposed to be you know starting a business because everybody thinks they're called to be their own boss then who's gonna work like everybody can't think that especially at the same time we're all supposed to, and like she was saying, everybody's starting the same kind of businesses. So sometimes for the people who are really called to that, they're getting saturated with all the people who might not be called to that. So just when you're a single parent, I would definitely say you can't play with your life. So you need clarity. Um, 
So you mm. need to be able to do a trial period for your dream just to make sure like this is still the same dream a year later, two years later. Right. Or yeah, just realizing that every dream doesn't have to be about making money. You know, so yeah. it's like if it's something mm -hmm. that just makes you happy and relieves stress, then that could just be for you. You know, like everybody ain't got to know it and you got to try to sell it. It's just something that makes you happy. That's good. First, is happy don't to be a business. Yeah, Kayla, you said number three was take action on your dreams. So, um, again, set boundaries, get clarity, create a plan. Um, and I like that in part it doesn't have to be for profit. Your dream does not have to necessarily be mm. for profit. Um, and number three is take action. Um, just, you know, pursue it. If it's a health dream, a relational dream, um, an, an emotional and mental health space dream or self-care dream, um, take action on that dream. So that's good, y'all. We got three solutions on, on question number one. <laughs> I'm going to drop some resources as well because I think there's some ways that you guys will also be able to make that make sense. Um, I'll make it make sense. So those are some solutions. Um, and there's always resources that can help you set boundaries. And books and links that we can try to help you with. All right. So question two in our Q&A is how do you effectively parents, basically single parent, um, how do you effectively single parent and undergo transitions, undergo all life transitions? So how do you effectively single parent and undergo life transitions? Um, Relational, professional, physical, mental. Anybody? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm in there now. And it is, it is a struggle because transition affects so many things. It affects how you're behaved at school. It affects routine. It affects structure. It affects it literally is a day-by-day -day thing. So it's just kind of like, what do, you, what do you do? How do you do it? And how does it, you know, I like how Kayla keeps going back to the key word of how do you do it effectively? Hmm. Kayla, you got any examples of transitions? You've, you, or any... My life is a transition right now. Um, I would say first for me right now is just understanding that change is normal or transitions are normal. Like if you expect to grow, do better, change, learn more, experience more, then you have to transition. Like you have to be able to have an open mind to things mm -hmm. and then kind of just like... I don't want to say indoor, but like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's going to happen. So you just can't really be prepared for it all the time. 
but you gotta, I don't know, figure out how to do it. Cause things happen. That's the hard one. <laughs> right. I So I agree with that, you know, change is inevitable and we go through change, but it's certain things like, how do you, how do you, um, when certain, like, the responses, uh, what's the word? No, not necessarily the responses, but like, how do you, so change is inevitable, right? We undergo change. Yeah. We should have an open mind when it comes to change. But then how do you go, how, what about negative changes per se? So how do we go through negative changes that have hard impacts? There we go. We effectively parent through negative changes, you know, that have hard impacts on our lives. You know, for example, a family that just lost their house because the house got set on fire, you know, and the 14, because the 14 year old was cooking dinner and now the house is gone, you know, so how does that family of six undergo the transition you know, of now you need a new house. The 14 year old probably is never gonna cook again. You know, you have this new baby that you probably had on the schedule. Now you gotta take him out. You gotta retrain everybody else to get back on the schedule. Now you gotta get, you know, so like you're living in and out of hotels, you know, you're living with family, living with friends, household, like, and stuff like that. Um, I feel like because that's such a um, that's such a huge transition. I definitely think that I personally, um, well, well, I'm praying for anyone if that is a person you know, like they're a genuine transition because oh, yeah. that's that's huge. Um, that's just and I life. just. <laughs> You're muted. Yes, sorry. So. Um, I just think that's a huge part of it because like those major transitions, you know, even when like someone you love is gone or, you know, like something where it's so traumatic, I feel mm. like I know I'm not qualified to speak on someone else's trauma, but I've had enough real trauma of my own that I would definitely speak to that. I would definitely say like, there was a, a season where I could not, um, I couldn't rationalize what was happening relationally. Like I literally think that there is room for people to grieve. Cause I feel like sometimes people want the transition solution to be like for you to just get better. And sometimes mm -hmm. you just gotta be down. You know, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a person where, I believe in embracing emotions. I feel like it's one thing to embrace them and it's another thing to like um, overstay in them. And I've overstayed. Right. Like I was mad for some years about some stuff that I should have been mad about for some, you know, maybe even a year. Like some of the stuff, it was extremely impactful, but it was like, I after a while, I'm choosing to let you still take me there. 
And so I think with that type of transition, one, um, you need room to just be sad. You know, like I lost something that is important that I don't really need to be able to explain it. Um, I'll say for me, when I went through, um, you know, my, I was, my last major breakup with my divorce situation, which was almost a decade ago, I went from, you know, one to three children with that person. And then with those three kids overnight, literally overnight, I was a single parent with those three kids. And I was like, oh no, because I got two one-year-olds and an eight-year-old. And for me, I was, I still had to go to work. I was like in education. So nobody cared that I was like, my family was falling apart. They was like, and <laughs> you didn't right. get to work. So I think I grieved at work. Like I had moments where I closed the door to my my room and I cried and kids stand, stood outside. And sometimes I was just having such a bad day where they came inside and I was still crying, but I was just trying to like put their work on the board. Like I got solutions for educators because sometimes you're gonna go through things and you still gotta show up physically, but I don't feel like anyone can hold you accountable for showing up emotionally because there's just an element to our humanity where we're we're human. And I think when you have a large transition and a negative large transition, it's like grief, any type of grief. And the bounce back um, that people pretend to have always comes out later in their triggers. It's like, oh, you never got sad about it, but you triggered all the time. So Mm -hmm. I do feel like it's just better for people to say, this sucks, cuss about it, pray about it, but you might cuss about it. (laughs) Um, You just got to be able to say like, you know, I'm very frustrated. And sometimes that's where your help comes in. Um, The Bible even says God is close to the brokenhearted. So if you always acting like your heart hard, maybe that's why God can't be close to some people. So I, I definitely would say, um, in my own life, um, there is a season where you should be brokenhearted. And then what you do after that season is pivotal because you have to persevere. And sometimes we just survive. And I've been hearing a lot of people say that because I think even our parents and grandparents, they survived so much, but they didn't really um, succeed. You know, they survived, mm-hmm. but they didn't, they didn't successfully overcome it. And it's like, that's why sometimes the pain in older people comes out in a trigger. It's like you say something or do something and they snap at you and you're like, what did I do? But it's because they survived. Mm -hmm. So at at some point you have to really overcome it. I do think therapy is important, but I realize everybody can't go to one. I will put resources in there for some people. We hope to be a resource very soon and star for that. And I also think... um, mental health resources being able to talk about it but also community is super important Mm -hmm. because you need people and sometimes it's not going to be your family that's going to show up for you that's just I know it's a hard sad truth but it might not be those people that you are related to or that you've known for a long time sometimes it might be that little church on the corner where you went to ask for a meal and somebody just fell in love with you and your kids like you know what I'm saying God sends people to help people 
Um, So grieve, let your heart be broken for the thing that that hurt you and then pursue um, healing that, you know, comes in the form of, I think, mental and emotional health resources and community. And with community, it could be a little harder because you have to be vulnerable enough to go out and say, I need some help. And sometimes mm-hmm. it might not just be strangers. It might be to a random place to look for a job and God could put the people that are going to be your community on your job. You just never know. So I felt like I answered that a long, long way, a long way, but <laughs> Y'all got anything? Um, It kind of brought up something. So it's like, when you get to the question, like when you say things happen negatively, it's like, why? So when you're saying like, sometimes you need to open up and trust people, it's like, maybe that's kind of why that happens. So like when you, when things happen, I feel like for me, when things happen, I'm always just like, why? You know, why would this happen? Right. And so when you say you have to go out and try to like pursue help and it won't come for people, I feel like that's kind of like a a barrier of like mm-hmm. making you have to trust and step out your yeah. boundaries or things like that. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes brings something like that. I don't know. I had a thought. But yeah. yes so I'm parenting as well um so I think that was a yeah but I do want to say so because I feel like one of the things that often join people sometimes can be trauma bonds right A lot of times amongst single parents, especially like women, sometimes, you know, we're all single mothers right this second. And sometimes you can collectively come around people because you can relate to them. And a lot of times you can relate around your pain and your challenges. But I also think it's important for us to, um, Kayla knows I like to be your hope bucket sometime. (laughs) And I feel like it's important to, also look at positive transitions because I feel like sometimes we focus so much on all of the negative transitions that when God is trying to bless us it's even hard like Kayla said to trust the right people you know like the the Mm -hmm. right person want to come in your life the right partnership the right relationship the right job you know and you just just so wounded from the wrong transition that you're like I don't know how to transition into the right thing I mean that's the thing like it's from the devil <laughs> right <laughs> who sent you and why who sent you <laughs> what do you uh, uh, that's my that's my that's in my um number one question a lot with people what, what, what is your uh intentions with me what are your intentions who I asked you that I'd be, I would say, well, he'd be like, what are your intentions? Because I don't have the capacity for anything outside of what I got going on, you know? And so that's how I've been setting up my boundaries um, as well with this being like, okay, 
sticking to who I know and I know who's going to, you know, have my back. Like I know who I can call for, for spiritual help. I know who I can call if I need to go cut somebody. Like, you know, like it could be so, the same person. <laughs> it could be the same person. You're right. It could be the same person. You know, it's <laughs> so then it's just like, okay. Okay, when you get new people and God's like giving you new people, like, okay, I need you to talk to this person, do this person. It's kind of like, why? <laughs> why? I got my people. I don't need you. Why? <laughs> I get that. I thought that's like one of those trust and faith things. Cause it's like, yeah. you never know where your next blessing is going to come from, who is going to come through and how, what manner. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's like you kind of just gotta trust that whatever happens, that God has your back, you know. Right. It yeah, it's definitely faith. <clears throat> That's the real thing. <laughs> That's a real thing though, because I feel like when we look at the types of transitions we listed, professional, um, like even for me, we go back to like entrepreneurship. Sometimes people think they want to be, you know, they want to be successful, but mm-hmm. there's a level of um some people are not fear fearing failure, they're fearing success. Cause it's like it's scary to think that you're gonna be really getting all the responsibility you thought you wanted, or you're thinking right. you're gonna actually get all this money. Like I made a joke one wasn't really a joke but I mean people make memes about it all the time like sometimes we want to make six figures and still get food stamps like we don't want to (laughs) (laughs) get all my food stamps but I'm ready to be in this tax bracket and it's like you know what I'm saying so it it's a transition though you ready to you ready to Mm -hmm. get real money but it's like you have to also take into consideration right what that means mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. go there and you mm-hmm. have to take your children with you so it's like wow I've been so used to being you know financially dependent and I'm about to be financially free or independent but what does that mean you know it's right. that that thing and what does that look like trust yeah mm-hmm. and then how do you transition into that yeah, like, yes, let's do that. How do you transition? Because I'm listening. I'm declaring that. You know how y'all know I've been declaring and decreeing all 2022. And it's the fourth quarter, baby. I like a good fourth quarter. When I say, I've been saying for start, we are going to enjoy the journey. And this year is going to manifest um, the desires of people's hearts that have really been seeking, seeking the Lord, seeking their, seeking their selves and their processes. And I just believe that God is going to bless this group. And so I want us to focus on that too, because sometimes we don't ever know how to prepare for blessings. We only know how to prepare for bondage. Like we always were, you know, prepared for that. I'm not, I'm trying to prepare for some blessings. Right. So what's a way you guys think we could, I think number one, Kayla said it. It's like you, it's a trust thing you have to address your trust issues because trust is on both sides. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
I would say when we was talking about, you know, grieving, probably just making sure that you're grieving and acknowledging what happened and not just moving past. I feel like that would help Mm. you because it could be a lesson in whatever you went through, good or bad, that you might be missing Mm -hmm. because you're kind of just stuck in that moment, you know? I think that's good for relationships too, because sometimes when you've been single for a while, like you think you're so ready to be with somebody else, especially if they're the person you wanted to be with. But then you don't realize you did not grieve properly the last mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And it comes out in the next relationship. Like you like, dang, I you know what I wanted, but every time you do something, I'm still triggered by what they did because I never grieved that thing. Like, I still drive past places and that's where that person hurt me, you know, and I'm with somebody else. So I do think that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say you're looking familiar. <laughs> right. You're I like familiar it. in your actions. <laughs> and it may just be something that's just little, you know, it may not be how it was previously but they just do that one little thing that that other person used to do and you just like mm, I don't know about that and you got all these red flags because they looking like the other person mm-hmm. yeah so would that be like identifying triggers in that grieving the past place you were in like you just like in your grieving of that you're like identifying oh that's a trigger for me like for me I mean even if I'm not with somebody I just really get bothered when I mean dudes especially take their phone and just take it everywhere because it was something that happened to me with that that I was like why not your phone to the friend hmm, okay <laughs> Yeah, or but that might not be the other person's fault. It might just be something that somebody else did to you. Yeah, that relationship one, that's a big thing because you got to deal with other people and have communication. Like you got to sometimes just communicate how you feel mm-hmm. and what's going on. Why I bother you and things like that. Try not to connect the wrong patterns, but Still connect patterns. Yeah. And so we, we're doing these transitions while parenting. So I definitely will say like these are individual strategies for us to do. But I think one of the things that I realized, because I'll be honest, I did not effectively parent through some of my previous transitions um, as much as I might be working to do right now. One, one way that I will say that I'm trying to effectively parent and transition is that purpose, you know, for us is important as an organization. But for me personally, like if I know I'm transitioning even from one place to the other place, like I'm moving places that I live. One of the things is whatever I'm instilling in my children at the other place and whatever purpose I'm trying to pursue as a as a parent and as a, a a new type of Monique, that person has to travel in the transition. 
You know what I mean? Like, so if I'm trying to be the better version of me with my children, that can't stop. That routine of me, like, praying with you. That routine of me, like, um, you know, training you up in a certain way or or trying to give you certain um, life integration. Yes, I might go into a new relationship or a marriage or, a you know, a career move, but you should not stop getting those routine evolution that I was giving you before because that's that's been working for us so I think kind of trying to also see how to carry the good into the transitions you know like even if it's a negative transition if we were praying every day before you went to school we still need to pray every day before you go to school you know what I'm saying just because stuff is not working in another Mm -hmm. space Um, yeah. Sounds good to me. Yes. Um. All right. So we knocked out number two. Um. So if it's a transition that's probably not or a challenging transition, we said grieve it. Um. Pursue healing through um maybe like a practical strategy like therapy and um, pursue community. So pursue community, even though community is a large word, I think that that means just pursue places where you can begin to build relationships with people who could potentially be support for you. And then we said for positive transitions, um, address trust issues grieve the former things that you may be hanging on to good or bad Mm -hmm. and identifying triggers and and as a parent specifically keep routines that are working no matter what transitions you're having Mm -hmm. so there go three Yeah. Uh, so the last question, what'd you say? That's what I think that's good. Yeah. Listen, I was just thinking about how I need to go revisit all these questions for myself. <laughs> right. Um, so question number three. <laughs> I'm gonna type it up. I'm gonna put it in the link for y'all. Um, question number three is how do you affect for self care is always is this a recurring question in our little community <laughs> how do you actively create self create space for self care when single people we ask this um, like every day <laughs> um uh, oh it smells good um I say uh, back to what uh, we've been saying, setting and being intentional, setting boundaries, setting intentional boundaries. Um, not feeling bad about it. Not feeling bad about it. Doing things you like. Eliminating mommy guilt. <laughs> hmm? 
How's that? Eliminating mommy guilt. Yep, eliminating mommy guilt. Not feeling bad. Um, but doing things that you like. And one thing I learned, self-care does not mean you have to spend a whole bunch of money. Oh, just gonna say that, huh? What you say? Oh no, did I lose you? I like it. Yeah, I was gonna say that, Shell. Oh yeah. In a great day, fabulous. And um, my daughter, and one of the things like the per wherever you're starting from, it needs to be progressive. So how do you? She's a teenager, so starting at like negative five, and so that can be a hangup for me specifically because sometimes my former self-care was like get my nails done get my hair done like i was i was i was really heavy on the like nail shop life and that's mm -hmm. that's something i enjoy i enjoy that um i've never been a huge spa person some people are like spa people or massage people but because most of how i formerly saw self-care was wrapped in some type of indulgence that cost me money that I now mm -hmm. don't necessarily have the budget to regularly do. Um, I have to find ways to make like going out and maybe just going to an amazing park or packing up what's in my house and creating a little picnic or doing like, a, you know what I'm saying? Like my own free right. sipping paint. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's sourceful. I like that. And also, I like to say, just start mixing. I had to learn that self care and like self maintenance are kind of two different things as well. Because right. I know with the whole nail thing, I'd be like, oh, yeah, getting my nails done. But it didn't really, it wasn't doing anything for actual self care part, you know? Right. It was the self, that's the self maintenance. But then it goes back to what you were saying, though, too, about being realistic and idealistic. Like, if we're in a position where, like, for me, I know what my goals are as far as trying to save up and get a house and, you know, financially, me spending $80, $90 on my nails is not, right. it's not realistic. It's not, gonna, it's not contributing to the goal, but I like to get my nails done. I need to get my nails done. So I'm going to settle for, and it's not necessarily settling, but, you know, I'm going to it's the $50 set, you know, I don't need all 10 fingers with designs, you know, I'm also not going to go every, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to go every two weeks, right, I'm not going to go every two weeks, maybe I might go every three weeks, you know, depending on how they look, um, so yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's really key because 
there will be seasons or there has been seasons for me where it was like you need to downgrade and then sometimes there were like you need to eliminate like you can't have that at all and so Mm -hmm. I think like the good thing about being pushed into a very frugal space you become resourceful like you know I will figure out how to make my hair work without going to a a salon I've been to a salon in probably years and I haven't had like somebody like slay my hair lay it out just by virtue of a professional stylist or something in over a year probably but I have great friends who most of whom some of whom are on here do great hair so it's like sometimes people just gotta find a way especially because if self-maintenance for some people is self-care like I don't know about everybody but like for me that's a way that I care about myself <laughs> like if I don't look like presentable you know what I'm saying for me right. I, I don't feel good so I don't know how that works because some people say like and I you know go to a track and you know do some miles few days a week probably three to four days a week I'm out at a track doing workouts but they don't ever feel like self-care I mean they feel like they are self-care but psychologically I feel like I did something for my health but I don't necessarily feel like I did something for myself if that sounds crazy y'all don't judge me but it's like you know you did something for yourself inherently but some people are like addicted to the gym you know, like they like mm-hmm. it. That's like their piece. That that ain't it for me. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. so yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, if it's doing it for yourself, because like you had said earlier that you know wanting to be healthy and getting your health correct is like a dream so that will kind of take it out of the self-maintenance into like (laughs) self-care so that's why I feel like it's okay so I feel like it's so many layers to that word right because some people like envision a bubble bath just indulging in their self with some form of care and then some people are very practical. It's like whatever you're doing to care for yourself, psychologically, physically, emotionally, relationally. Like sometimes self-care is like going out, you know, maybe one of us, we going out, you know what I'm saying? And we just going mm-hmm. to chop it up and eat. And that's self-care to me. So sometimes it's not necessarily just about money, but it's just about even company. Am I in the company of another adult and mm-hmm. having like just a life-giving conversation? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's self-care right there. So, yeah, I definitely think it's like self, um, what would be the word? Like self-respect or um, there is, of course, is self-care literally when you take care of your body. And I never regret doing that. Like I, even after I'm done, I feel good because I feel invigorated. Like I feel like I added to my health but I don't necessarily feel like I want to do that again. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's layers self-care. <laughs> but when I hang out with my friends, I'd be like, I want to do that tomorrow. <laughs> right. 
So would it be like creating creating realistic goals is also a part of self-care? Like I like you just said, mm-hmm. maybe I can go to attract more often for my physical self-care because that's free and I can do that often and it's good for me. But then my relational self-care, I'd like to go to happy hour a couple times a month. Like maybe right. I can't go every day, but I can go like every other Two week or mm-hmm. weeks with my friends. Like that's a relational self-care or get my nails done, you know, once a month. That's a, you know, um, a, a personal self-care or something that adds to my, um, my self-esteem care, you know? So I don't know, creating realistic goals for care. Yeah. And as it pertains to our children, I think also self-care is getting a support system because you need somebody to watch your kids so you can do those things. Right. All right, so I got being intentional, eliminating that parent guilt to even want it, creating realistic goals around how to obtain various parts of it and the resources you have, and then getting a system, a support system um, for your children while you go do those things. So, I mean, it sounds feasible, right? We made it sound like you can do it. Everything easier said than done, right? Right. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But I was thinking that I think one of the things that I realized that, like I said earlier, with the boundaries for following like a professional dream, and I think that's a question we could pose in a different Q&A another time is, we have been conditioned, especially as mothers sing, and being single to be a provider that we we create more structure and I see more discipline around that lane of life, whether it be our job, our, you know, kids know more so how to respect that lane than the personal lanes. And I feel like what if we put the same parameters around the personal lanes, which includes self-care. So it's like, I know I need a babysitter for, you know, October 14th because my kid is out of school and I got to go to work. Right. So we will go out of our way to call someone a month from now or a month early and be like, hey, can you watch my kid on October 14th? And I need somebody to get them. Right. And we typically. Yes, we typically will get help for that. But when it's personal, we're like, I don't know nobody. But I feel like what if we probably were as intentional, like every month, I'm I'm gonna need to ask someone a month out, hey, on the first and the third Friday, 
can you maybe get my kid from me or can this, you know, uh, clearly there might be some interruptions, but even if I made a budget around that, hey, I'm going to give you a couple of dollars because this first and third, I, I'm not going to be getting my kid this day. <laughs> I'm going to need some support, but we, I, I don't think we are as intentional with our personal parameters because we just feel like the professional parameters take so much from our kids. Mm -hmm. I guess that's like a dream you can add to mine is getting a support system. I kind of just take my free time when I got it and roll with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get that. I get that. And it, it's hard to ask for stuff like that. Like, yeah, I want to go do this. You want to watch my kid? <laughs> yeah. But listen, I always say, and this is, you know, I, I could be a bit of a, a, a bit of a lawyer, but I, I always say it's better to help me while I'm in my right, right mind than to take over when I in my wrong one. You know what I'm saying? Because like if you lose your mind because you didn't ever get the peace to really be able to parent and you didn't get the breaks you needed, somebody's gonna have to take over custody. <laughs> better, yeah. better to take them for a night. <laughs> Girl, I'm for me and my child would be in that mental institution together. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. I promise you. I listen firsthand. I promise you. So it's a thing. When I started getting intentional, when they tried to take my child away from me. Mm -hmm. But I just think it's. I mean, I think that's something we should try. Even if you're not like, hey, can you watch my kids so I can go drink? Like, you don't need to be saying it like that but like it's like hey this this date and this date I have kind of a standing appointment and people don't really I think people are more available than we think we don't really ask right I got you but then like sometimes I don't know I've always come across where I know I've asked because I'm always the one that will watch and babysit and you know have mm -hmm. kids. You know, I'm always that one. But then when it's time, it's like, well, no, what you mean? Like I've been told I'm a single mama too. And if I can't go out, you can't go out. And it's like, wait, what? Like so I get it. Oh, I ain't had a baby. You did. You're right. So I can't enjoy, I can't go out and have a moment and get my life, you know, because you feel like you can't, like, you know, and then I think too for me, it's like, dang, that's selfish as hell. What was that movie? Tyler Perry has single moms or something like that, where they all kind of Tyler Perry movie. Um, transitions are like rotated which mom would stay home while they all went out or something like that like they became their right. support their own little support system yes like and I think too that's what we need more of in the black community too just support mm -hmm. support because they don't be wanting to it'd be hard it'd be hard. hard right it's like reluctant, and without judgment you know? mm -hmm. always judgment you know, I think for me is if I call you and say, hey, you know what, Kayla, I'm tired. I need a moment. Can you, can you, you know, it, you know, for me, it would be, 
okay, yeah, no, I'm busy. I can't. Okay, cool. But then, rather than the girl, what you mean? I'm tired too. I'm busy too. I got, I got life. I, you know what? You're right. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. But like, you know what? Yeah, I think the reciprocation mentality has to be um, revisited or reframed because I feel like that's been my thing. I've watched people's kids many times that have never watched my kids. And then there are people who ask to watch my kids all the time. And sometimes I don't let them because sometimes if they are a single parent, I don't want to burden them. And if they aren't, sometimes it's a trust issue. Like, why you want to watch mm-hmm. my kid? And so I feel like there isn't a shortage of support. I think we're expecting it from the certain places. And so like, most people who you do something for, they may not be the one who does it for you. And that's sometimes a hard right. That's a hard and that is a hard thing. Yes, that is a hard reality because then at some point you really have to figure out like you 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 become bitter because yeah. you become bitter and because too because then it's like well you're supposed to be my support. You're supposed to be like, like, you know, I'm here for you. You're here for me. But yet here we are. I'm asking you for help. And you, t- and you know, flip the script and talking about how you need help and how you tired and how you want all this stuff, you know. And that's when I started learning, like, people are not going to do for you like you do for them. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah, and I think you can't get your heart to generalize people because I'm generalized. Yeah, I'm, people, I'm over independent, prideful, I ain't gonna ask nobody for nothing unless they offer it. Okay. Yeah. What I'm learning, especially in our age group, is that we were raised the way we built friendships, we built them on fun. Like most of the people we became friends with, we had fun with them. Mm-hmm. But we didn't build friendship on foundational principles like loyalty or, um, you know what I'm saying? Like faithfulness or um, patience. We didn't build our friendships on those things. And as we get older and our life gets more stressful, we're expecting people to show up in ways that we may naturally show up because we have those foundations in us and one thing I'm having to learn is like who said you were my support system like I assumed other relationships that people were there for me but who said you was going to be there for me you didn't even say that I just assumed that and you know they say some things about people who assume so <laughs> I just think yeah, we use that. Also, too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say also too when you um, I read a post and I read I read a, somebody told me last year. Then I read about it. And then I actually experienced it, which was crazy. And ultimately, it's about learning your place moving in moving in the space of your place and that people have put you in and not to over like you said who said you were my support system you brought me here to help you you said nothing about you helping me me help you know like who who said that I wanted to do x y and z where in reality 
I, I was just doing it, you, you know, like it's true. So it's kind of like moving in that, in that space where we have to analyze sometimes our relationships that we create to really see where we, where we, where we stand in certain people's lives and accepting that and being okay with that. Because what is it? So often, I'm sorry. Huh? Because I'm like, because I feel like ever so often they tell you, like, people tell you and they show you where they want you to be in their life. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's us that overcomplicate it because then it's like, well, I wouldn't do you like that. You know? And so it's like, okay, now we're in a weird situation when in reality, they didn't really ask you to be there. Or to do this or to yeah yeah and I think that's been something even I understand I've dealt with it's kind of like the people pleasing thing and right. I know we've talked about that it's like I go above and beyond because I want what I what I put out but nobody right. said they were going to give me what I put out it's like people say oh I did all this for you and I'm like I didn't ask you to do that and so it's like even if someone does a whole bunch of stuff for you and naturally that's not the way you love you will be like I didn't tell you to do that because then you Mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable trying to reciprocate that but we often do that for other people it's like I watched Mm -hmm. your kids you know every weekend and you don't never watch my kids and they like well you volunteered to do that you know and right. I'm not I mean, no dummy so I took it <laughs> right so yeah. but God yeah. sends us support in different ways I agree with that and I think that's one of those little biblical things where it's saying give with a given heart or the right heart or something so it's like for me when I was in my people pleasing phase I used to just do it just because well like for two reasons it was like it's what I would want someone to do for me for and then me, I also did right. it because I wouldn't really expect nothing you know but it was like I just wanted to be nice like just give love and stuff so that's a hard thing you just got to know your like you said know your place act accordingly you know if you right. do something they say never Give money that you don't expect to give. Let's you just figure that. Yeah. Right. Like if you give somebody some money, just assume it's gone. They give it back. They give it back. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. Yeah. And that's how I feel. Like if I watch somebody's kids, I don't be like, oh man, they better watch my kids. Cause I think for me, I know I did it out of the goodness of my heart, and I will control the next time I do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, right. So I, you know, I tell you that sometimes, Shell, like, you are the ultimate babysitter. But if you choose to say, hey, I'm not doing that, and even if people are accustomed to that, that just shows who they really are if they, they're now mad because you're not showing up that way. Because right. anybody understands, like, especially if they're not reciprocating at that level, hey, yeah, that was a blessing and you didn't have to do that for me. So I've just learned to bless people on my own terms. That way I don't ever feel like they're obligated to me or I'm obligated to to them. Mm -hmm. That's good. So you will get the right support because people are out here trying to watch kids, child. I just be like, the truck, I we don't have to let everybody truck. watch my kids. I don't. I was about to say I don't let everybody watch my kids. I that's fine. 
Okay. Right. I just drive away. I'll be Look, home my home kid My kid don't let him want, let, let everybody watch him. <laughs> y'all got some grown-ups. Both of y'all got grown-ups. Y'all just don't know it. <laughs> Mom be like, um, who is she? Who all gonna be there? <laughs> right. Y'all got some grown-ups, but yeah, no, I get it for real. And I just want to say I think this was good. Um, three questions mm-hmm. took us a took us through the whole time. So I hope that this QA, this um really this this QA, we're just trying to trial run it is helpful to the people. Um Again, we're being intentional, eliminating parent guilt, creating realistic goals, and working on getting a support system for self-care, question three. But um, send in questions, and we also will have more questions as we continue to just navigate what does it mean to be a star, single parenting, transforming, and achieving righteously. Um, I love both of y'all to life. I love you to life. Yeah, I love you too. May we have positive transitions. Oh, a new thing we're doing at Star is we're praying out the people. So we're going to pray out people. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to be a vessel um, on any platform. And we pray that the right parents, single or not, um, or future parents hear this podcast. And these are tips because I think the greatest way to really overcome any obstacle is to let you lead and i just pray that everyone under the sound of our voices today gets support solutions and resources for their journey so we thank you for this and remember and we pray this in jesus name amen and we also amen amen. (laughs) we also want you to remember uh to shine star and heal sis and heal bro so make sure you heal sis and heal bro so you can shine star and we'll see you or we'll be with you soon as we progress through these q and a's y'all have a great week have a great week goodbye